The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Today is Monday, December 11. I'm Amber Garcia. Derek Eagleton decided to take a vacation. Right. Just, <laughs> I don't know where he's at. No, just kidding. He's doing something work-related, I suppose. He stayed in New but, York. Yeah. They, Too cool for us. Exactly. Decided to stay behind over there. How are you guys doing? Awesome, Amber. A little bit fatigued. Oh, yeah. But... It's Victory Monday. But it, it was a noon game. It wasn't like... I, I feel great. We got home at like 9.30, watched the end of the Sunday night game, got to bed way earlier than I typically do on a Sunday. It's great. You got a spacious awesome. airplane. Yeah, we oh, did. That was, that was good. a good... Ride. That was one of the best road trips ever in terms of everything that happened from kickoff onward. Got to go to yeah. the, got a nice meal. I don't know if we should say where, but you did get a nice <laughs> meal Saturday night. One of Drake's favorite restaurants. Okay. I feel like younger generation can put that together. Yep. Okay, like- well, let's start talking about this game. It was a good game. Great game. <laughs> well, not so great. Let's just No, it was great. It was a great finish. Yeah, great finish for sure. And again, the Cowboys are still in the run for the playoffs so we we can keep talking about that in another week and kind of relax this week a little bit take it day (laughs) by day i decided to go by garrett's motto (laughs) taking it day by day so let's talk about this game they start off really bad just kind of tying up the game throughout the whole time 3-3 then 10-10 and then right in the fourth quarter they made magic happen (laughs) somehow they started scoring a ton of points I, I will disagree a little bit with the first part about the, it, it started off really bad. I don't think it started off really bad. It just wasn't great. They they hung in there, and I think that's what I was talking about all week long. Just don't let it – don't get too far behind on this team where it's going to be hard to come back. And and I thought that they, they did a nice job with that. It, it was a close game. It was Cowboys-Giants all the way, and then until the fourth quarter, like you said, magic happened. Um as we have on the website, uh, you know, lightning rod, just, just. Oh, that's the headline we decided on. I like that. Yeah, I like that. He, he, he was great, and I know that a lot of people around here really like him because he's a good guy and he's been Jalen's older brother, and now he's Rod Smith. I mean, he's just Rod Smith, the playmaker who really saved the the Cowboys in this game, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome to see, and he's such a versatile back that I mean he can do a lot of things. He he made great plays. We'll talk about this later. He made great plays throughout the game, not just in the fourth quarter. He had some really big moments there. 160 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. That's awesome, man. I I mean, I've been waiting on that since Ezekiel Elliott got suspended. I I didn't expect to see it in the passing game, but there it was. Um no, but yeah, to your point, I bad maybe not bad, but ugly. Ugly. Like, just so ugly. I thought... That's a good... Somebody said on Twitter, like, this might be the worst football game I've ever watched. This was at, like, halftime. And I was like, yeah, we're... Actually, I said that in the third quarter. I was talking to somebody in the press box, and I was like... And obviously, I mean, it was 10-10 at this point. And I was like, if they lose this game, if they find a way to lose this game, it will certainly go down as one of the two or three worst Cowboy games that I've had the misfortune of watching in person. It would have been right up there with, like, 2015 Bucks 
and 2015 Bills in terms of just like uninspiring, (laughs) putrid football. But then about midway through the third quarter, they just kind of broke the Giants' will. And I mean, like, that's the midway through the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, in terms of in terms of the score, yeah. But I mean, the the defense was playing well. The Giants weren't driving the ball. Um, you know, the secondary was making good plays on the ball. The running game was not great, but it was there. And then, yeah, I mean, that's, I told y'all on the plane last night, you realize it was, it was 17, 10 with four and a half minutes to play in this game. And then just boom, boom. They just, so in based on everything that you guys watched, what do you think that they actually, how were they able to accomplish that in the fourth quarter? I got it. Um, it was the defense. Now, the offense made plays, but when you think about the touchdown that they had, the Giants had, uh, the one-yard touchdown pass, it made it 10-3. to three. The next nine possessions after that, this is how they ended. Punt, 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 interception, interception. Game. That's it. I mean, when it's 10-3 and you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a long day, the defense just tightened up. And, that you know, Sean Lee's pretty good. I don't know if anyone gets he? this. He's a good player. Sean Lee's a good football player, and he helps his team. And, and when he's got Hitchens, 4 no. He's a good football player. Thanks, Jason. He's a really valuable part of our football team. Just keep team. him rolling. 32 <laughs> total tackles between the two of them last night, or yeah. yesterday. That Giants was- averaged 4.4 yards per play. They, I mean, they ran – where'd it go? Where'd my play chart go? Did, they ran 75 plays. Giants? Yeah. That's a lot. It's a it's a truckload. Like, that implies that you Job. got run off the field. Yeah, thank good, you. Good sensor. They got that. That would imply that the Cowboys got run off the field. But Eli Manning averaged four point nine yards per attempt. The Giants averaged like three point two yards per carry. Like the the defense was great. I mean, you know, I thought they'd get more sacks. I thought they'd take more advantage of that offensive line. But uh, you certainly can't complain about ten points. No. And and yeah, I mean, the Giants didn't have a meaningful possession after halftime. And everybody, you know, before you just you know throwing stuff at the internet i mean i've been at the website about us i mean we, we get the giants are not very good they're not a good team that they're banged up they got no players out there they have no running game but that's what happens i mean you know it was a t- it was a tight game for a while and then just talent kind of just rises to the top and I that's guess, what happened i guess that's why i kind of called it a really bad game it, it wasn't because they were tied and kind of eh, but was it ugly. was just slow yeah ugly would be a better description the only thing it. that was pretty about it for me and you guys don't know this because you weren't alive but when you watch the, the dallas cowboys in the 80s every year they would go to the giants and they'd go to a game like that where it would always be like cloudy and um, cold and rainy and they're wearing their blues and the giants look just like that and they're whites and that was the game and it was always a tough one they couldn't stop lawrence taylor i grew up watching that look right there except not with a favorable outcome not always sometimes, sometimes they would win but but not a lot of times and i mean so that was cool to see it was kind of like taking it back a little bit i the them the giants logo instead of the ny it made me feel like it made me think of being a little kid i love it i mean it was it was awesome Throw so let's back. talk about but there was no lawrence taylor to block on no the no but but if they he, if he was over there i'm not sure Mr. Lyle Collins wouldn't have been able to block him. This guy right here is is like he's taking it to a new level. I mean, he he. I hope people realize what he's not doing, and then what he's doing, and what he's not doing is practicing, and what he's doing is playing his ass off on Sunday. Hurt, he's got to be hurt and banged up. This guy to me might be playing at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, he snuck he snuck in his rookie year as an alternate as a guard. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to get some looks here. He's playing really well. That would be interesting. And he, I mean, especially since he's not practicing, I think he's been great. I think, I don't know if it was his mistake or a miscommunication with the tight end, but I, I think, was it the play that Dak made the Houdini escape? Did Lyle let that guy go? Maybe. I, I don't, I mean. Oh, uh, when he got it out to Alfred Morris? Yeah. Then got I don't remember if that rush came tied. from the left or right side, but. That was a big play. I know. Good play by Dak. It was on his right Stop, Dak. He he made a no. Yeah, he was great. But no, Lyle, you're right. Lyle Collins, two weeks in a row, I think he's been phenomenal. Yeah. So let's talk about Prescott, a guy we've been talking about week after week, and his passing game and the connection with the receivers. Yeah, I uh, I wrote this on Twitter, and a lot of people just pretty much killing me for it. Like, yeah, like exactly. I just, I basically said his supporting cast was good. And when his supporting cast is good, it allows Dak to be great. Dak was great again because he finally got some help. That That's it. Help me help you. It's what I wrote about. That's what he, they did. You know, Dak, I mean, Dez was making some plays. You know, he caught the ball and said, get off me. Dez Bryant made a few. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Cole Beasley made a nice play there. These guys helped him out. And when you can help out Dak, he can be really good. But he wasn't getting any help. Uh, he hasn't gotten much help the last three or four games, and he got some today. And I think you know, yesterday you saw the difference. Yeah, I agree. And the the funny thing for me is, okay, there's no denying it. Like, what 185 of his 330 yards came on on reception or uh, receiving yards after the catch. I mean. He has a 12-yard slant turn into a 50-yard touchdown by Des Bryant. He has a six-yard curl turn into a 54-yard game by Cole Beasley. And then the inside slant, which was probably an eight-yard throw, if I had to guess, goes 81 yards. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get it. He His receivers did a lot of that work, but, like, why? why I'm not dogging Dak for that. Like, Oh, no. Yeah, but but I feel like like some you know people are quick to like dismiss the accomplishment of throwing for three hundred yards because a lot of it was you know but after did, the catch. Did you see what he did with uh, Rod Smith? I mean, he moved Rod Smith out there on the eighty-one yard touchdown. He moved him out into the into the the slot, and then that's when he forced the linebackers to cover him. And that's when he was like, "All right," and he he faked it off. He went left, left. He knew he was going to break free, so he made that play. And then on the Beasley play, which Rod Smith had a great block. That's one of Rod Smith's best plays of the game. He had a great block. But, again, they were blitzing. He finds the guy, and, and then he let those guys do the work. So it's a combination of both. I mean, he had good awareness to, to give the ball out there to those guys and let them go make plays. Of course, yeah, it's obviously a combination of both. And then the other thing I would leave out is the, I don't know, at least at least thirty to fifty yards that were dropped earlier oh, in the game. I mean, you know, and it, 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 they weren't helping him early. It is it is nice to see a game where Dak Prescott's like options gave him a lot of help. And I mean, whatever. Yeah, a lot of that was run after the catch. I really don't care. I thought he was great. He was a great decision maker. He completed sixty seven percent. Like I said, he escaped a certain sack uh, to get the ball off. Um, I I thought he was phenomenal and. You know, I like. I guess I get people's point that it, it's it's not it's not a hollow 332 yards, you know. But it's you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like it maybe it's a little inflated from what it actually was. But Just that doesn't maybe. that that doesn't take away from how well I thought he played in terms of his decision making. And well, I'm sure if if else. Derek was here, he oh, would God. say <laughs> that 
We were saying earlier in the day that the, it's not or earlier. In oh the, yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't going to be a great passing day. No, he he came he, he came at me about that on the sideline before the game was over. He's like, "So it's not going to be a good day for passing, huh?" And I was like, "Shut up!" It wasn't like, <laughs> seriously. It was, and, and and you know what? And it really wasn't more for, than that. It was for the receivers. I mean, they had a hard time catching the ball. It, 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 I mean, when Beasley's dropping passes, you know, it's not. It, it's going to be, you know, a, that kind of day. And. I thought the one that Des dropped that would have been either a touchdown or right down there by the one or two yard line. I mean, that's a play Des makes a thousand times, and he <sighs> he just dropped it. And it wasn't the best pass for Dak. I mean, he Dak could have thrown it out there a little bit more, and it would have just been a, probably a walk in touchdown. But in you know, conditions like that, you're supposed to get it up there and let your player go make the play, and he yeah. didn't catch the ball. I know. I oh, mean, he needs to catch it. Catch the ball. And he was so upset on the sideline. I don't know if you were watching him. Yeah. On the sideline, mean, he he was. There was good thing there was no mic over there for him, and uh, but everybody kept consoling him, saying, "All right, you'll be fine. You'll be fine." And later that that same quarter is when he made that play. And Dak and Dak had a great response to both, you know, the drop by Dez and the one by Beasley. He was like, and you know, to listeners' points, they've been making it all year. He's like, he he told he said he told them both, like, I've missed y'all more times than I can count this year. So you know, I'm not gonna yeah. kill you over a drop pass. He actually he said later too, uh, um, kind of walking off from that, he's like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't need my receiver to apologize to me. Yeah, he, he's like, I don't even want to think about it, talk about it, like. I know you want to catch the ball. Let's go. Let's let's, let's move on. Make another play. Yeah. Well, it was good to definitely see them bouncing back in the second half, which usually kind of turns out to be the opponent's victory in right. those specific scenarios. I so. think in the press box, you said, "Oh, they're going to score in the third quarter." Oh yeah, the mood the mood in the press box <laughs> from the beginning until about midway through the third quarter was a it was a dour well, one. The press box there, it, I mean. You're so high up there. It feels like there's a cloud that comes underneath you, you For know, sure. to watch the game. But you just feel so distant from the game. Like you don't, you don't even hear. I mean, it's so yeah. quiet in there. And then, like, is there really a game? Is there really eighty thousand people out there like yelling? And so it's just, it's just one of those games where it was just like that's my biggest beef with the NFL in general. Is like, you know, I grew up a huge college football fan, and uh, NFL press boxes just feel so removed from the game. Like yeah. I wish, I wish the press boxes were open. Like I, w I know a lot of people would hate that, but like I like hearing the noise and being part of the environment. Uh, that's one of my least favorite press boxes because it feels like you're watching the game on. TV. Do you think the people in Buffalo think that too? No, they're probably the pretty, They're probably pretty, pretty pumped about. That's it. what I couldn't believe is that like uh, this is the same state. Now, I know it's the, there's a lot of there's a lot of hours in between. But it's the same state of Buffalo and then the Giants. I'm looking up and it's a nice day. I mean, it's it's a little cold, but not that bad. It was gorgeous in <laughs> East Rutherford. I don't know what happened in Buffalo. Oh. Now here are some questions from Twitter about the Demarcus Lawrence when he was trying to, you know, tell the ref to make that call. Dave, I know you tweeted out. Oh, the we want to talk about we, that. Yeah, let's go ahead and kind of discuss that. We're gonna play that drop. No. No, we probably shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, can. thanks for pointing that out. You got it? Amber, because I mean. Let me pull it up. You have a beep? <laughs> yeah, I've got a bleep. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's, yeah, let's just do that. Uh, he's going to. I got to pull it up. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, I mean. Was there a blatant, no, I'm missing something here. Was there like a blatant play, or is this just overall? I know there was at least one where he got a bear hug. I saw it yeah. happen. There was at least one where there was a pretty obvious hold. I don't know if it was, 
you know, happening throughout the game. But I think to his point, it's something he's been dealing with for five or six weeks now, which, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all like, you can tell when a player has something he wants to talk about. Cause it's like, they won the game and he's just like, look, the refs aren't doing their job. I haven't seen a whole thing. Here we go. I got oh, it. here we go. Uh, you know, the team just came out and did our job. Uh, that's the main thing about it. We ain't getting no holding calls. Um, the refs out there for nothing, so we just, you know, came out and did our job. Did you feel like you were overcoming that in some way, like despite that? But I ain't see a holding call in the last five games, and it's ridiculous um, that the refs are out here just looking at me, you know, getting tackled by offensive linemen. Like, come on, if you're going to be out there, you know, do your job. And, and that's the main thing. Um, and I feel like it's unfair. Um, I feel like... You know, I got a family to come home to, so if you're trying to protect quarterbacks, you know, you got to protect me too. If, you, if you're going to do it, you got to, you know, do it on both sides. And if you're going to sit here and call some BS on my old line, you got to call it on their old line too. Point blank period. Are they giving you any descriptions or explanations? Bro, you don't hear nothing. When the last time you heard holding? Offense. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a great team win. Um, we didn't play like we, you know, supposed to play the first half, but, you know, we came out on top, and that's the main thing. F***ing refs, and that's all I got to say. Okay. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and comment on this whole Demarcus Lawrence uh, comments. Okay. okay. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. All right, guys, we are back on the break. If you want to call us, you can call us at 214-872-2102. We'll be taking some calls later on. Or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. 
We just got done listening to the Marcus Lawrence comments after the game. Thoughts on his response? Yeah, that's. I was just telling Nick off the air, like that. That had nothing to do with anything that happened in that game. That's just like a month's worth of frustration. At I mean, yeah, and it's been a it's been a talking point for a few weeks now. Is, uh, it, it certainly doesn't seem like the Cowboys are getting a proportionate amount of holding calls on their defensive line. Plenty of holding calls across the season, whether it's Jason Witten, Tyron Smith, even Travis Frederick. I mean, their offensive line has been yeah. very closely critiqued. And I think, uh, I think, hey, D-Law, you know, he's he's the NFL sacks leader. He's playing for a contract or likely a franchise tag, Pro Bowl, all that type of stuff. Like, he wants sacks for a lot of reasons, not just to help the team win, but for his own bottom line, too. Uh, and so I think he had enough of it and decided it's worth getting fined if I can say my piece because yeah. he didn't back down. He went on Twitter. You know, I'm I'm sitting there like, do I really want to tweet this out? Like, you know, he's probably going to get fined. But and then I'm like, he said it in front of 50 reporters, and then he went on Twitter and was like, sorry, I'm not sorry. Like, basically double down on it. And, and those questions weren't, you know, they weren't. What do you think about the lack of holding? No, that's what. Like, yeah. What about your defense? And he was like, well, I didn't play that great, you know. And then it was just like. The refs, the refs, the refs. And he talked about that family that he has to go home to. Well, he took some money out of that the whole pocket there for getting fined. He's going to get a pretty hefty fine, I would imagine. Yeah, but if you are if you feel like you're being treated unfairly, you need to speak up. And but I think F the refs is a little bit too too far there. I mean, you can But speak. it comes, again, football player, man, you know, you're I, upset. You. I get it, but I mean... You're right. This isn't about one game. This was about a bunch of games. This is about seeing that the Giants offensive line and thinking I should be getting sacks and I didn't. But my biggest thing about referees, and it could be in any sport, just it, whether it be the strike zone the same, whether it be you're calling fouls on basketball the same, whether you call in, just, just call it both ways. Just, just If that's how you're going to call it, right. then call it that way. If you're not going to call out a PI, then don't call it. Jason Witten was flagged for a holding call on, I think, JPP, which yeah. looked like it was a pretty good call. No, it was a good call. And, and it affected the play. I don't remember any other holding calls by the Cowboys, and I know the Giants no. did get called for one holding, so... You know, I just don't think that particular day was it was that bad. Yeah, there there were some plays that um you could do it every time, every yeah. play. And I I kind of love it to be honest. Oh yeah, First, you love it, well, but it's not your money. But well, I mean, maybe they'll take a collection up. I mean, yeah, maybe Tyrone Crawford will help him foot the bill. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's a this is something we've been talking about for at least three, if not like six weeks. And, yeah, like I said, I think he was just tired of uh, hearing about it. And, yeah, like this game probably wasn't the best example, but whatever. I, I Like in a weird way, it's kind of an immature thing to do, but it's also like a leader type thing to do. He's like, whatever. Like people want to talk to me because I'm the leading sack guy. I'm going to stand up and yeah. say something. That's that's fine. And, I don't and have a problem I, with it. I get that. I really don't have a problem with it. I was just saying in this particular game, I don't think it was no that but. warranted. But I, you, you said it best. This isn't about one game. This is a frustration. And he's got 14 and a half sacks. And he, and he knows that if he gets to 20, that's pretty awesome. And he also knows that he can pay whatever fine he wants with the money that's coming his way in like three more months yeah. one way or the other. So. He probably just knew that this would be an offensive line that he could – Definitely get a oh, lot of sacks. Absolutely. I said he'd get three yesterday. But but he also has to remember this. F the refs is not the best thing you want going into Oakland or going into any game when it's like, oh, okay, we'll see. I mean, I mean, he may not get a call the rest of the season. 
Maybe. I just don't. I just don't know if that was the best way to do it. I, know oh. I was frustrated, but we'll see if if he gets how many calls he gets. From do you ever get out. angry and just say things that you don't necessarily want to say? Yeah. Well, we know yeah. you do, Amber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. And sometimes you have to pay for it afterwards. Okay. Well, don't worry about someone else's money. Let I'm, him worry about. I'm not his talking money. about the money so much. I'm. But you mentioned about, it earlier. Okay. The money. That's his money. That's fine. We'll see what happens when he gets horse collar down to the ground and there's no call and he's looking up at the ref and he, he's you know yeah. the ref comes back and says f who <laughs> no there i mean there's no doubt there's no doubt whatsoever that there was a better way of handling it but like that's that's, that's him that's demarcus man he's he is a jason garrett has done such a job such a great job of making the cowboys locker room as boring as possible like i give him a lot of credit for that these guys i mean I I knew he wasn't going to give me a good answer, but I asked Dak if he got any satisfaction out of sweeping the Giants since they swept him last year, and like his answer was so predictably boring because he's a smart guy, and it's so in a room full of people that know how to give smart, boring answers. I cherish Demarcus Lawrence because he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks about whatever you're asking him about. I love him. Okay, well, <laughs> who? What? Demarcus. Oh, okay. He he's just a, a fun guy, like he's, you said. He's a fun guy in the locker room. Not everyone's like that in there, so no. it makes our work a little more enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk about Dan Bailey. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time to ever miss uh, an extra point. Yep. He missed two field goals. Talk to me about his performance. I mean, are you guys oh. feeling the talk around this whole thing? Is is he healthy enough okay. to have been back? I don't. I don't know who else might have talked to him uh, yesterday. I didn't see a lot, and if they did, I hope. I'm talking was. about people on Twitter assuming that. No, that's I know. The reason. I know. I'm talking okay, about yeah. reporters that yeah. that went up to him. I don't know if anyone else did, and if they did, I hope it wasn't as awkward as what I did. Uh, and I really like Dan a lot. And I asked him. I, yeah, I went to to ask him if I could talk to him a little bit. He kind of was looking at me like, "Why?" Um, but that's the way it goes. As, as I tried to explain to him that. Five field goals, no, you know, two misses, missed extra point, doesn't matter. So I talked to him a little bit, and his answer was the exact same. He said it was a frustrating day. And I asked about the wind elements and all that, and he said it was a frustrating day. I asked about um, the missed extra point. It was the, was the you know, was everything right, the snap, hold, everything on that. He said it was a frustrating day. And then I asked him, I said, well, everyone's going to, or kind of wondering about your health. This is your mm -hmm. second game back. Are you completely healthy? He said it, it was a frustrating day. Am I? Is this? I thought it was, did, didn't he come back on Thanksgiving? I thought this was his third game back. Third game back. Which so I have a hard time believing he's not healthy. Like he's looked fine up until this point. His his kickoffs were okay. You're right. The Thanksgiving game, he he was on the field once for for a kickoff. Is that, is and that, that was right? It. Okay. He never got on the. Oh, field that's right. They did ca they did carry two kickers that day. Yeah. No. It didn't. That he just wasn't active. That's right. But 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 because they didn't score any points and didn't go for two, or they went for two, he he only had to kick off, and that was the only thing. So right. you're right. You're right. This was his third game back. Um, but I talked to one of the athletic trainers after the game, and he said he's going to be fine. He's fine. Now let's not forget it was two fifty yard field goals. No, the the, the uh, and that's I have a hard time believing. I'm not I'm not going to assume he's not healthy. Like he had a bad day in a tough place to kick and. The extra point is the thing that makes me go like that makes me double take like missing a 54 yarder that had the distance and hit the crossbar and then missing from 50 like sure you're very used to seeing those things from and Dan Bailey. Did you Bailey. see that that kick 
I mean, it knuckled and went, you yeah, know, well, f- left, right. I mean, it, that that's a like cr- a screwball pitcher. That's a crappy place to kick. Yeah. Like it's windy, the weather ain't great. That's that's my point. Like I'm not gonna hold those two field goals against him, even though I am used to seeing him make them. The extra point is the thing that makes me. Like I said, that's the one that I'm like, whoa, that's his yeah. first missed extra point in seven years. Like, I think he's now 274 for 275 or something like that. Like, yep. That's he's so his his career percentage now drops to 99.6%. Yeah. I think something like that. Um, well, he was but, the most accurate kicker of all time. I don't know if he still is. I know him and Justin Tucker are like back and forth. I don't know. Right either. up there. It, it, arguably his worst day at the office ever which is saying a lot so um i chalk it up to a bad day in bad conditions yeah and and everyone has their bad days and it's just really unusual to see that from dan bailey because he usually pleases everyone and makes and does his job right but do you guys feel that this is something to be concerned about moving forward or just no it was as simple as just having a bad day um, I, I don't know about being concerned. I think we're going to watch it a little bit closer and, and see. Yeah. I, I don't think you're at the concern level yet, but I think you know. First, you, you see one sign of, of you know, well, you had the injury, and then you see you're seeing things that you haven't seen before, like you said, the missed extra point, not the two missed field goals, but the missed extra point. And I even said it in the press box before the kick. I I, I would not attempt this field goal, the one that banged off the upright. I wouldn't do it. Not not the way the Giants were not really moving the ball in a game of field position like this. Yeah, I think I think, I think they do that way too much. I, he's a great kicker, and you know, and they give him a lot of confidence. But sometimes, you know, the a fifty-two yard field goal or fifty-four, the ball's on the forty-four yard line. I mean, and then that's where they get it. I, I just I'd punt. You got a great punter. He knows how to get get him down to the ten yard line or less. Just use that weapon. That's the well. That's the flip side. Is Dan Bailey's been so good for so many years that once you get to about the fifty-five yard range, you feel pretty good about sending him out there. But you get kind of spoiled by that to the point where maybe you're you're attempting kicks that most teams wouldn't. I mean, if you're at AT and T Stadium, kick away. But cold wind. I mean, it was the weather sucked there yesterday. Like, I mean, it wasn't raining or anything, but it was not. Uh, the conditions were not great yeah. for stuff like that. So, uh, concerned? No. It's. I mean, yeah. It's. I'm not going to get up to get more water when he's lining up for his next field goal. Like, I'm not just going to assume it's an automatic. But a little early for me to be concerned about him. And based on everything that we got to watch on yesterday's game, I mean, do you guys feel that the Cowboys are doing what they need to do in order to get the upcoming victories against the games that are coming up? Um, Game-wise, from what you saw, I mean, with yeah. the exception of the fourth quarter, because we really never get to see something like that. They really never get to score that many points in that little amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I I think I know what you're saying. I mean, if, if they're gonna if they're gonna play like that, I mean, they got the Raiders coming up here. Um, we've said it several times. I think that this is the game. I mean, this is the one where you know that we'll, we'll see. I don't want to say we'll see what they're made of, but we'll see if this season's got anything to it. Because you know, with the you lose three games in a row without Zeke, and you didn't have Sean Lee, and then Sean's coming back, and and now they're starting to win, and Alfred Morris is in the running game is starting to come on. You can get this game up in Oakland. You get to eight and six. You got Zeke coming back for the last two, you know, and you got that last game against Philly, which they they have wrapped up the division. They're still going to be playing for some other stuff, but they don't have their quarterback. 
you know, that's something that or they, we don't think they're going to have their quarterback. Is right. he officially? He's getting an MRI today. They're they're not hopeful, but okay. It's I've not 100%. I've been to that stadium in, in L.A. and I've I've been to that walk up there. Yeah. Can we, can we not get a cart for a guy with a torn ACL? Yeah. The franchise quarterback that's got a knee injury and we're yeah. gonna make him walk up the ramp with doesn't cleats seem, on. Doesn't seem doesn't seem smart to me. But God. good point. Yeah. No, for sure. And it, that sucks. But I mean, but but you know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you're like, oh, you're like Wentz is out. Oh, okay. Well, who's who's the backup? Nick Foles, the guy who went 13-3 a few years ago and went to the Pro Bowl. Like, oh. threw like 25 touchdowns yeah. and two picks or like, whatever. Okay, they're gonna be fine. Maybe. I mean, I mean it'll their be a offense, drop off. Their offense didn't look great after they Wentz went out. I did, I mean, I don't know. I know like. They're the Eagles and they're a division rival, and it would, you know, it would be good for the Cowboys, I guess, in some degree. But that just takes even more luster off of what already has been a very mediocre season for me. Like every every great player and interesting team has just been screwed over one way or another. I mean, the Cowboys haven't had Zeke, the Packers haven't had Rodgers, the Giants haven't had Odell Beckham. The Eagles now are looking like they're going to finish one of their best years in recent memory without their MVP caliber quarterback. And, you know, I know nobody listening to this has any love for the Eagles, but like it just it just takes away from the fun of the product. Like you want to watch the best players play. And it's just been a crappy year for that, in my opinion. Well, it's about to change. But, well, to your a point. Little, I mean, Rodgers is coming back. No, Zeke yeah, is no. coming back. Maybe the end of this season, I mean, it's going to get really, really exciting for all these teams. This three weeks looks like it's going to be, I mean, for the sake of drama, not just, you know, the you know the Cowboys and our jobs and everything else, but if they can get this win against Oakland, it's going to set up a fascinating end of the season. Yeah, and, and I know everyone keeps looking at the standings and, you know they they don't get they're not getting as much help as as they need. Um, there's been a few games here and there that could have been nice that they you know. But all not to sound like Garrett too much, but all they can do is just win. Just keep winning. If you can beat Oakland, you can beat Seattle. But you go up to Philly and win. You put yourself at ten and six. It's the best you can do. I, I still feel like somehow, some way, if you get to ten and six, whether you win five straight games, I, I think it's going to work out for them. I really do. There's enough, I mean, there's enough stuff that has to happen that makes that sound plausible. I mean, the NFC South still has to play a ton of games against each other. Just, the NFC North still has to play a ton of games against each other. The Seahawks play the Rams on Sunday. Just don't forget about the three-way ties. Just don't forget about that. Don't just look at Atlanta and go, oh, my God, if we're not above Atlanta, you can't get there. Just just remember, it, there's if, it, if you're tied with Atlanta and someone else, you could be in, in good shape. The funny, like it's so, it's amazing the the margin for error in the NFL. Like you think, I mean, you think back for the Cowboys, you're like, they can hold on to an 11 point win against the Rams or an 11 point lead against the Rams. This is all probably moot. Or even, I was texting with my friend about that yesterday. I was like, if the Browns can hold on to a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter against the Packers who don't have Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe that changes this whole season for you. Like that. Just Brett Hundley's. Come on, Cleveland. Brett Hundley's ability to lead the Packers back to a win against Cleveland in the fourth quarter in overtime. Like, I mean, it's a stretch, but the, it theoretically could be the difference between the Packers getting to the Super Bowl or not. Because, I mean, once Aaron Rodgers comes back, who the hell knows what they can do? It's true. It's wild, man. Okay, so let's talk about these rookies that got to play in the secondary. Did you guys 
what did you guys think about their performance? Well, again, you know, they're not having to go up against elite, elite receivers, yeah. but they did a nice job. You know, with Eli Manning, he, he wants to get the ball out quick. That's what he does. So the, the main thing is when you have to do that, you either throw these little short routes and they got to go up and make the play. I thought they competed very well. I thought Jordan Lewis had a nice game. Uh, they did some rotating there with with uh, uh, Cheeto and and uh, Anthony Brown. I thought Cheeto was on the sideline a little more than I expected, but when he, he I mean, it wasn't anything injury wise because he was back out there at the end and he made a nice play on the ball. Well, Cheeto and Sean both. I know people were asking about that. That is apparently a plan just to keep both of them fresh. Like Sean Lee took a series off in the Hamstring. third quarter. Cheeto took a series, rotated a series or two. I think that's these are guys that have been dealing with injuries. You just don't want to make them play, especially Giants ran 75 plays. You probably don't want them doing that right off the bat, So especially Sean, which is why they did that. Um, you know, after watching that game, I'm like, God, no wonder Sean Lee gets hurt all the time. I mean, he's out there making all kinds of tackles, and that has to – wear off on you and I asked him about that yesterday I asked him if he feels that that is the case and of course his answers are always very right politically right and just <laughs> like you know doesn't matter the injury I'm gonna be out there they didn't really answer the question but just you know it's amazing like, to see him play Demarcus Lawrence is over here like on a scale of one to ten He's like a ten out of interesting, and Sean Lee's like he's he's way yeah he might be a yeah you can't really get something so, out of it. Game balls. If you had to give it a game ball, and you don't get Rod Smith, and you don't get Sean Lee, and you don't get Dak, just we just can't have them. No. All right. They already they already get like a special kind of game ball. All right. I don't How get about Desmond. Y'all haven't mentioned his uh, long play much. Des Bryant. Desmond. Demond Bryant. You're just saying that because y'all have the same birthday. <laughs> no. And it's like awesome play. I haven't seen him make a play that long in and years, maybe. Kent, I've seen um we did talk about it earlier, but I did see on the replay, I, he he was coming right at you. Did, I mean oh, yeah. is that a good <laughs> Check shot? Check it out on Cowboys Twitter. Okay. Uh, the gif of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. If following your parameters, I mean, you know I got love Des, for Des Kent, but following your parameters, I'm definitely giving one to Beasley. Because I think his 54-yard gain really, like, I mean, that set the pace. Like, that it was. I don't want to go as far as to say it decided the game, but it, it kind of it got the snowball rolling. I mean, they nice touchdown pass to Jason Witten on the next play. Then you've got a lead, and, and everything goes out from there. So, Beasley for sure. Um, I've got one here. Um, probably, if I can't have Sean Lee, then I'm giving one to Anthony Hitchens. There you go. Because he was yeah. just as good. That's a good one. Worst yeah. fumble. I mean, early in the yeah. game. If they get that ball, they're already up three nothing. First play of the game, they force a fumble, and the ball's just rolling around out there. And it then everything. I wanted to find a way to give one to Chris Jones because I thought he had a really good day, but Jeff Heath, he had a really good game too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they were supposed to just take one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we went all over. My bad. My bad. All right. Well, let's take our final break. Ten, ta ten tackles, one for loss. One interception, one pass breakup, and a special teams tackle. That's Good. easily all around, like all great aspects game. of the game, one of his best careers. It was a great game for him. Yeah. It was nice to see that. So, anyways, let's take our final break. When we come back, uh, we'll keep talking about this game. And remember, you can call us at 214-872-2102. We'll be back on the break. 
Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit Stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. To the break. <laughs> All right, we are back on the break. Very quick. Very, yeah, very quick. All right, Nick. You know what? Speaking of quick, Tommy John has that horizontal quick draw fly. It's a very simple, speedy feature that other underwear brands don't have. And if you don't really know what I'm talking about, then you're gonna have to just buy it for yourself because this really is a family show. So that that read says quick draw. Yep, it's a quick draw fly. <laughs> That's. Like when that's I'm reserving my comments. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It's really hard, but troublesome. (laughs) It's just very troublesome. When you have to go to the bathroom, you can do it quick and you can shop exclusive Cowboys underwear. John, what am I? Dot old West gunslinger. (laughs) (laughs) Out of here. Yep. It's the Aaron Rodgers of underwear. Tommyjohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Great ad, Nick. Great read. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, we have a caller from Arizona, Mike. Yo, hello. What up? Hey, hey. Mike. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Happy Victory Monday, baby. <laughs> you too. Hey, straight up, man. Um, I well, Ken told me to keep it short. The the <laughs> thing that I love most of of yesterday was Witten's shake move after Collins got out. And Dak found him on the seam. It feels like we haven't seen a seam route touchdown or long play since, like, Bryce Butler against uh, the Lions on Monday night a year ago. So it was happy to see that and that um, Witt still has it in him to get to get downfield and to Dak to find him was beautiful, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Mike. Thank you. That's, 
I meant to bring that up uh, when we were kind of recapping the game at the beginning, like that. And I know Landon Collins wasn't there. I don't care. That was just a seam. The the seam route for like a nice gain or a score is like my favorite play in football. Like when you just like when it because it's not it's not open. You know, like the route's not usually just wide open. You got to throw it just the right way. Like you got to get it over the linebacker and under the safety. And it was a really nice throw by Dak. And, uh, you know, it was Witten's only catch. I'm sure he appreciated that. I, I loved it. it was great. And it was, I mean, it seemed that Jason Witten wasn't even playing. I mean, he just disappeared yeah. in the game. And all of a sudden, you get that catch. And it was great. Yeah. He, you know, he had had that holding penalty. And I think Fox had put it up there a couple times. No catches today for Jason Witten. He only has two catches the last two games, but it, they're both touchdowns. 15th uh, career touchdown against New York. Nice. Hey, don't forget about another nice catch from a tight end. James Hanna. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nice play over the middle. That was one of his best catches How he's are ever you? had. Come on now. <laughs> oh. Just kidding. Hanna's a nice guy. He's been good in the run game, he's right? He's no, he has. He, he, he has. That's not his role, but, you know, they, that, he, like, he had a nice play, and they needed somebody to, make, to do something there. We have, like, those cliche talking points about all of the players who don't get involved that much. Like, you're like, James Hanna's got better hands than he gets credit for. Like, Bryce Butler's got long stride right. speed, like all that. But... Every time James Hanna has an opportunity, he usually makes a nice play. Yeah. I mean, I think he averages about three catches per season, but they're usually – I mean, that was I think that was his first catch since he scored that touchdown against the Rams. Hey, you know, we were talking about game balls and guys that did well. This isn't really game ball worthy, but three special teams tackles in one game is a lot. Byron Jones, got to give him some credit there. Three special teams plays, I mean, that's – one is good, two is really good, but you don't you usually don't see three by one player. So I was really uh new role. I was really pumped that my guy Taco had a quarterback pressure on a like he made a nice play where he kinda came unblocked and forced Eli to make a bad mm. uh it was an incompletion. I think it brought up fourth down or third down. Uh but then I got home last night and <laughs> TJ Watt sacked Joe Flacco to yeah, win the to win game. The game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's just it's fine. He's just gonna. It's fine. He's not gonna be able to live that one. No, well, probably not. Speaking of the defensive line, do you guys feel this is a question from Twitter? Do you guys feel that the fact that David Irvin wasn't in the line playing affected the way that they perform? I think so. I mean, I, I it's a it's a big drop off from a size standpoint to go to Lewis Neal and all that, and but um. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a tough matchup for some of these offensive linemen, and the, the Giants have not faced uh, they did not face David Irving all year because he wasn't there for that first game. So yeah, I, I think he he adds a lot in the middle. Um, I'd like to see him back for this game. We'll see. You know, I saw him today. He's eating yeah, he's eating breakfast. So. It's it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to, like, kill the defensive line. The Giants ran for three point five yards per carry. Their longest run of the day was thirteen, which. Wayne Gallman is their best running back. I don't like. I don't mean that as a knock on Shane Vereen or Orleans Darkwa, but I don't get why it's as much of a committee as it is for them. Almost like they in the second half they were like, "Why aren't we giving the ball to this guy?" And then they came out and they did a couple he, big runs. He's a good player, but their long of the day was thirteen. Um, so I'm, it's not like they played terrible. I don't think at least yeah, like you give up some size, you certainly give up some pass rush ability, and I wonder. How much of an impact that made on you know Demarcus Lawrence and Tyrone Crawford? I felt like, given how banged up this Giants line is, I really thought that they would get more pressure. And I know Eli's whole mo is to get the ball out fast, but still, I mean, 
Uh, Chad Wheeler, who's playing right tackle for Justin Pugh. I mean, he got he was a turnstile. He's been a turnstile for weeks. Like Khalil Mack and Ryan Kerrigan just um, demolished him. And I really, I thought we'd see a little bit more of that. And I, I wonder if not having Irvin Irving there like yeah. allowed them to kind of focus more on Lawrence and some of the other guys. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Okay, guys, we do have another caller, Mike in LA. Another Mike. Hi, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Mike. Good, thank you. Just wondering on the Giants' first drive the second fumble when they got across the yeah. first down marker and yes. fumbled it backward. I, I was just trying to understand why that was a first down. You know I what? take your answer off the air. Well, thanks. thanks. I, I, a no. lot of people have been talking about this. I did not record the game, and I'm mad about it. And So I would have gone back to watch that one. It doesn't make the highlight tape. I would like to see that one again because it got a lot of buzz in the, in the press box there. I need, I need to see it again, too. I apologize for not having watched it over again yet. But the, the thing that I was told, so he catches it. The fumble is forced. Um, they, they rule that, what, it was forward progress was stopped, and, and they take over where, they, where the fumble happened instead of where it was recovered. A, like you can't challenge that that's what i was told and that's why you know that people, that is like the that is like the refs like get out of jail free card just the just the forward progress is stopped yeah. which which is the the, the worst i hate that rule because it is so it is so tailored to the offense because yeah because when whenever they decide that the play is over because the defense starts pushing them back well that's forward progress but for some reason every offensive lineman can come from the other side and just push you even though your forward progress has been stopped if you got four hundred pound linemen that can just push you into the end zone then then forward progress is back on again I I don't get that and not only that but in a world where replay can fix almost anything in a world where replay can fix anything. That sounded really good. Uh, When replay can fix almost any call you make, like I always lean toward waiting to blow the play dead. And I know you got to worry about injuries and look out for guys' health and stuff like that, but you can correct a lot of this stuff by just letting it go on, and then you can fix it later if you're wrong. Um, Okay, that's a good point. Here's here's another problem I have with replay is that I I think that happens a lot in college football too where they say – you know, if we think it's a fumble and his arm was moving forward, just rule it a fumble. We'll clean it up later. Or if we think it, you know, whatever, just call it a touchdown or call it a turnover, we'll fix it and replay. But then the problem is, is when they get under the hood and they look at it, everyone says, well, the call on the field was this. So it's got to be, you got to have, you know, you yeah, 100% sure. evidence that to overturn it. And I'm like, well, that's not really the case because we're just kind of letting it go because we want to clean it up. So why don't we just get under the hood and just say, I don't care what the call was. What is it? Okay, that, sure. you know what I mean. No, I, I wish they did mean. that more because they're letting these plays just go because they think replay can catch it. I get what you mean, but uh, as far as I understand it, Jason Garrett could not have challenged that play if yeah, he wanted to. Because they say, for he, you know, people just want to be mad. And I, I mean, you're at the you're in the first quarter of a game between disappointing teams, and people want to be mad about something, but because you're already mad because you had first and goal in the four and you didn't score, right? Touchdown. But. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot they could have done in that situation. Just a bad break. I, I tell you what, the, that I didn't like the play calling there, though. Going back a little bit, first possession, first and goal in the four, you I get a one it. yard run. Second and three, you force the ball into Terrence Williams. Then third and three, you force the ball into Terrence Williams. It's uh, the Ravens. The Ravens did something similar last night, where they had a chance to really try to ice the game, 
and they ran, you know, Alex Collins, your guys just killing Pittsburgh and they threw the ball twice. And Chris Collinsworth is like, well, you see here, this third down play is an RPO. It's a run pass option. I'm like, what? Why? I don't, I don't care what stop with the RPO run the ball. And I like <laughs> Scott Linehan's going to tell me that it's like, it's not that simple. And there's not a lot of space down in the red zone. I don't buy it. Make them prove that they can stop you. That needs to be a run pass option with Dak. Give him the opportunity. Don't stand there now. They did make him throw more from the pocket, but I just Terrence Williams is a guy that over the years he hasn't really been that you know contested catch like me versus you and I'm coming down with it. I mean, not always, and oh. especially down there at the red zone. I, I just think there's definitely. There's different options there. You have first and goal at the on like this. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can tell me that this is elementary and I'm dumb, but you have second and three at the three. If you run twice, even if you don't score, you fourth down. It, you're, yes. The worst case scenario, the absolute worst case scenario is that you're going to turn the ball over on downs at the one yard line against an absolutely crap offense. I, I agree. Second second downs is the is the play because if you can run to get to the two, then third down you can run to get to the one, and then you you go on fourth down. And I know you said on Twitter you're going for it on fourth down, and I agree, hundred percent. Let's go. Let's the, get the touch against this team. The way this season's gone. Knowing that, yeah, like to your point, you want to weather the first quarter and like really build some momentum to start. I just obviously it, it didn't come back to bite them, but I I would have done it very differently. This is so this kind of answers your question, I think, from the previous segment or earlier this segment about moving forward now and playing a better team. Then you're going to play better teams than this. And again, the, the Cowboys have not beaten a team with a winning record. No, and they will have to face two though with because um, Seattle's eight and six. Seattle's eight and eight, eight and five, eight and five, eight and five. So they definitely will have a winning record when they face them. And of course, the Eagles will as well. Um, so my point is, you're going to face some good teams. The Raiders lost to go down to six and seven, but they're a much better team than this, especially at home. So, you know, some of the way the Cowboys played in those first three quarters probably not going to be good enough here to get it done. I'm, I'm oh, anxious yeah. to see what the Raiders' receivers look like. I know they did suffer an injury at receiver. I missed that. I Who? believe Amari Cooper went. I know oh, he wow. went down. But I don't know if he's out for. I I don't think he returned to the game. He got blocking downfield and got kind of rolled up on. I don't know what his status is. That's a great point, and I'm sure there's like an angry Cowboys fan out there who is apoplectic about how nice we've been about this game because it. I mean, this 75 percent of this performance probably wasn't good enough to win against their next three opponents. Right, if I had to guess they had a really good fourth quarter. But uh, it's going to need – I mean, you know, the, the defense – Sean Lee said it after the game. The defense didn't play where to the level they wanted to to start. I mean, the Giants had a 17-play drive to open this game. Uh, that's – yeah, that's all going to need to be There's better. no beast mode running back for the Giants. No, there's no nothing for the Giants. Right. I mean, Eli Manning, I, you know, people have been nice to him because he got benched, and I get that. But, like, he missed Rhett Ellison on a wide-open play down the seam that could have been – that could have been bad news for the Cowboys. Like he hasn't had a good year and he has no help whatsoever. And I know that the Raiders have had arguably a more disappointing season than the Cowboys have, but they, they have better talent around them than the giants do. That's okay guys. Well, let's take our final call. Jordan in Maryland. Hey, how's it going? Hey Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Um, okay. So I was on, I did the ESPN playoff predictor today. It's and fun, I isn't it? I saw that if um, 
if we were to finish 10-6 and six with Carolina, we would actually get that sixth seed over Carolina. So, um, I mean, I'd probably rather have the Falcons lose and finish 9-7. and seven. But um, after, after the win yesterday, I just wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel about our um, playoff chances? And I'll hang up and listen. I just have this feeling that if you go ten and six, you're going to get in. I just that's what I think. Now losing to the Chargers and the Broncos is going to help you. Playoffs in this, uh, Coach Mora. Yes, um, they're still in the hunt, but I think that uh, because if if you have to go ten and six, so you have to just keep winning, and then that's going to be the hard part is is just showing this kind of consistency all year to beat the Raiders, to beat the Eagles, to beat the Seahawks. Um, but if that happens. You're going to be eight and four in the in the conference, and I I think that'll get you. That will help because if you get into a tie or maybe even a three way tie, you know, an eight and four record in in the conference will help you. Am I doing my math right there? It's got to be twelve, 12 games. You yeah. play four in the in the West, and yeah. you got to beat the you got to beat Oakland. So, you know, so that doesn't matter. But you losing those two games. Yeah, actually, that's a great point, and that's I guess my main thing is. I don't think this team is good enough to win the next three games in a row, two on the road. The nice part about that is they're only going to be this team for one more game. They get Zeke back against Seattle and Philly. And, I mean, there's no telling what they could do. They look pretty damn good. I know he'll have been gone for six weeks, but there's at least reason for optimism that they can play at the level we saw with him back. Um so, like, I, you know, I kept saying it was a two-game season. Now it's a one-game season. You go to Oakland. If you can get a win there, you know, we mentioned it at the top of the show, the, the Vikings still have to play the Packers. The Packers still have to play the Lions. The Falcons are playing the Saints and the Panthers. The Panthers are playing the Packers. Like, the Seahawks are playing the Rams. I, I don't know for sure that it will all break the way the Cowboys need it to. Uh, five three eight. the ESPN company gives them a 4% chance as it stands right now. That's not great. But there's enough stuff going on to give me optimism that it can happen. Um, and so they just, you know, they got to find a way to win this game. And then I think all bets are off. I think all bets are off if they can beat the Raiders. I don't know if they can. I haven't looked at the Raiders yet. But if they can do that, they get Zeke back and it's anybody's game. Yep. Well, it'll definitely be interesting. During- you know who's not coming back, though, yet? No. Derek. Damn. He's going <laughs> he to be gone tomorrow, too. Yeah, he'll, gone he'll be gone tomorrow. But Who are you? What a week. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back tomorrow live from SWBC Mortgage Studio. This was the Cowboys Break Radio. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?